We welcome into the program Stephen Simcox. Simmy, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, let's let's dive right into this thing. Uh, I, I know they lost, but man, oh man, what a great basketball game TCU and Arizona treated us to. It was a really good game. Uh, proud of the effort of those guys. Hung in there with a really good team in Arizona. And, you know, I mean, just relative to expectations, they had a great weekend. They beat Seton Hall, and honestly, they won that game pretty handily. They looked like the better team, the more athletic team. Um, and then handled themselves well against Arizona. But, man, it also just feels like a missed opportunity. Up three with about 30 seconds left. Um, just, you know, find a way to force a two-point shot out there. But Benedict Maturin, uh, one of Arizona's guards, you'll, you'll see him over uh, the Sweet 16 and maybe – into the final four. He's really good. He's a stud. He's going to be a top 10 pick in the NBA this year. He hit a big three um, to tie that game up. And then unfortunately TCU was not able to hold on, but yeah, they equipped themselves well. And I think it was good experience for this team. that has got a lot of guys coming back next year. Um, so not a lot of complaints. They did a, a nice job. Just uh, man, you hate that you played so well and still came up a little bit short, but that's uh that's part of March, and that's part of facing a really good team and a one seed in Arizona. What did you say about the league? Uh, three teams out of the six get there. A couple more really – I mean, all well, heck, all three had a chance to move on. Uh, the, the three that didn't had, a, had certainly had opportunities to, to get it done and move on. So what did you say about the league? I mean, we, we've talked about this league being the best or the second-best league, you know, but what do you think? I think it's definitely the deepest. I feel like that's the biggest argument for the Big 12. I mean, the top of the league, Baylor was obviously banged up by the end of the season. KU's really good. Texas Tech is a, is a very good team. Um, and I think the Big Ten and SEC have some teams at the top of their conference that also have a chance to win a national title. But the bottom line is, like, TCU hung with Arizona. Um, everybody won their first-round matchup. Iowa State, they're a tough watch, but they have a system. They're going to play defense. They're going to grind people out. And uh, I saw a stat earlier this week after they beat um, Wisconsin to make the Sweet 16. I would say 7-11 and 11 against the Big 12 this year, and they're 15-0 and 0 against everybody else. So I think that kind of tells you uh, just how difficult the Big 12 is, that round-robin format. There's no secrets. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, it's the deepest league in the country. I don't feel like there's an argument against it. Unfortunate that, you know, a few more teams couldn't make the second weekend, but um, I think everybody handled themselves really well. And I feel like most of the teams in the league also feel like they have a bright future. Like Texas just getting rolling with Mark Adams. Um, Chris Beard is trying to turn that Texas program around. TCU has a lot of people coming back. Texas Tech, Kansas, and Baylor have all shown that they are uh, teams that are super consistent and are great programs. K-State got Jerome Tang as their head coach. So uh, I feel like every team in the league is uh, just excited about where they're at and where they could be going in the next few seasons. How is the job ahead for Jamie Dixon of being able to keep who he has in place in place and, and add a couple of pieces for this basketball team going forward? Well, Ward, the big domino of fall there is going to be whether Mike Miles decides to go to the NBA or not. I imagine he'll uh, throw his hat, um, you know, in the ring and then kind of see what happens as far as what feedback he gets. If he decides to come back, then I think this team really has a high ceiling. Uh, as far as additions go, they have um, – P.J. Haggerty coming in, a DFW kid who's, who's a four-star recruit. They're also in the mix. I don't know if this – I don't think they'll get him, but Anthony Black is a five-star guard from Duncanville, um, and he has TCU as one of his top four teams. I think he's supposed to make a decision next week. 
So if they're able to land him, that would be huge. Uh, but more likely, I, I think the additions will be maybe adding a couple shooters from the transfer portal. That's where this team is lacking. Is they just don't have the ability to really space the floor with some guys that can hit um, shots behind the three-point line. And really, their only pure shooter at O'Bannon is the one guy that has no eligibility left. So uh, they, they need to address that. If Mike Miles ends up coming back, I think that they're going to be in really good shape. But even if he doesn't, this core is going to be uh, back next year. So I really feel like it's just more about developing the players you have and maybe adding a few guys here and there as you go into the, into the offseason. Simi, the football frogs are getting underway under Sonny Dykes. Uh, talk a little bit about the transition going from a defensive-minded head coach to an offensive-minded head coach and how that could benefit your guys like Max Duggan and Chandler Morris who are battling it out right now at quarterback. Yeah, it'll be intriguing, Garrett. I mean, I, I just noticed Sonny spoke a little bit to the media after practice, and um, he said the offense was ahead of the defense which you don't typically hear that in general, but you definitely didn't hear that at TCU. You know, Gary was always in the spring sort of lamenting that his offense was way behind his defense. Well, I don't know how mad about that he was because he was in charge of the defense, but he would just sort of comment that. But uh, I think it's um, – I, I said this to you earlier this week, Garrett. I feel like it's sort of interesting because you look at the rest of the league and everybody's kind of going more the route of tough-minded defensive coaches Obviously, Dave Aranda, Baylor, Oklahoma State's kind of changed their identity. Um, Oklahoma goes and hires Brett Venables. Kansas State and West Virginia have some young coaches like Chris Kleiman and Neil Brown that are more dis uh, defensive-minded. And so TCU's kind of going a different direction with Sonny Dykes. But um, I think it will benefit the skill players a lot. Like Quentin Johnston apparently had a really good day at practice yesterday. They have a few other wide receivers they're excited about. Their running backs have been good. If they can sure up this offensive line, um, and we'll figure out what happens at the quarterback position as the offseason uh, continues on, I think this offense can be really good. But it's a, it's a whole new regime. It's a whole new atmosphere. You know, I'm sort of laughing. Yesterday, I saw a lot of uh, TCU media folks putting out videos and pictures of practice. Like, practice is just open. You can go if you want, if you're a fan, or if you just want to check it out on your own at the practice field. Um, one of the assistant coaches, Paul Gonzalez, had a microphone on, and they put out like a one-minute video of him talking to his safeties. I feel like if one of Gary's assistants had a microphone on, he would have ripped that right off their chest before practice started. Um, so it's just a, a totally different culture out there right now, which is kind of funny to see. But, uh, yeah, Sonny Dykes, they hit the field yesterday, and we'll sort of see his imprint on this team as the year goes on. Let's turn our attentions to uh, to baseball. They won last night. They won over the weekend. They came to Waco to open up Big 12 play and, and took two of three. Uh, and now they got Kansas State coming in uh, to Lumpton Stadium. So uh, a good start to, to conference play and, and really a good start to the season at 15-5. and five. Yeah, they're playing well. I think the biggest encouraging sign for this team, Tom, is they've just found a way um, to come back in a lot of games. They've won six games this year when they're trailing after eight innings, which is pretty insane. On Saturday, it looked like Baylor had them dead to rights and we're about to even the series. They're up 8-5 in the ninth. And then TC was able to get, uh, you know, three runs scored in the top of the ninth inning. And they did it on – they only put one ball in play. I mean, they had five walks. They were hit by a pitch. They just sort of grinded out a lot of at-bats, stayed alive, kept getting guys to the plate. And then they were able to win that game in extra innings. Um, the, the starting pitching situation is a little dicey right now. Riley Cornelio looked really good on Friday night against Baylor. Austin Krobe didn't pitch. I'm not sure what the timeline is for his return. I don't know what his injury situation is or if they were just trying to give him some rest. 
last weekend. So they got to get that figured out. And they'll have a test this weekend because, uh, man, Kansas State can mash. I, I think they've won eight in a row. They can really hit the ball. They always do. You know, last year that was a team that gave TCU a lot of trouble, especially when they were on the road in Manhattan. But being back at home should help. Um, they, it's the schedule's sort of weird. They get like the, you know, that was a tough series against Baylor to open conference play, and now they get K State, West Virginia, um, a few of the teams that are projected to be towards the bottom half of the league, and then in April they just have a gauntlet. They play Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Florida State all in the month of April. So uh, you need to stack up as many wins as you can before that rolls around, um, and, and we'll see how, how, they, how they do this weekend coming back home for their Big 12 opener. But, uh, yeah, they're playing well. They're taking care of their business. Beat Abilene Christian last night. Um, I think Kirk Sarlis has done a nice job with the transition so far. How encouraging is it that this pitching staff really hasn't had very many of those blow-up innings either? They've been able to kind of stay consistent at least the early part of the season. No, it's big time. I mean, it's that's what's kept them in games. Uh, they've had a lot of comebacks because they've been able to at least stay within striking range uh, and not allow, as you said, a blow-up inning to just completely put them out of a ball game. So that's a good sign. I feel like this is a group that can sort of grow and develop as the year goes on. Last year they started red hot and then it just sort of slowly started to crumble a little bit as the year progressed. Um, so if they could flip that this year, that'd be great. Like maybe they – uh, start a little shaky on the pitching side, and then it comes together as the year goes on. But, yeah, the, the biggest uh, sign of encouragement, I think, was just Riley Cornelio coming out on Friday and throwing at Jim. I mean, we all know how good Tyler Thomas is. He's one of the best pitchers in the Big 12, and, and he was able to outduel him in Waco last week. So if he can continue to do that, then that's a really good table setter for you. And, uh, man, if you can win that first game of a series, that takes a lot of the pressure off the rest of the weekend. Simi, what are you uh, what are you working on for your uh, for your podcast, Locked On Horn Frogs? Well, I mean, we're uh, transitioning straight into spring football mode. Kind of perfect timing, even though it was disappointing with basketball coming to an end as, when it did. Um, so yeah, we'll hit spring football hard and heavy here, and then obviously a lot of coverage of baseball as well. And we'll keep an eye on uh, the basketball team and what happens during the off season. But it's Locked On Horn Frogs wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for having me on, guys. Talk to you soon. That is uh, Stephen Simcox.